and welcome to the Peaceful Pastures podcast, finding peace in the pastures, spending 10 minutes each day with your shepherd. I am Pastor Daniel Lewig, and this podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministries of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. On day two, we capture the context. We recognize our world today is just a little bit different than the world at the time of the Bible. There are customs, practices, idioms, descriptions of locations that are lost on us. On this day, we take the opportunity to explore the context of the chapters in front of us. This week, we are doing an overview of the book of the Gospel of Mark. So today, we are going to take a look at more of a broad context overview, things to keep in mind as part of our study of the Gospel of Mark. It is first beneficial to begin by asking, who is Mark? Mark is not recorded as one of the 12 disciples. So who is Mark? His full name is John Mark, later identified in the different books of the New Testament. John is his Hebrew name. Mark is his Latin name. John Mark was a cousin of Barnabas. Barnabas is recorded, especially in the book of Acts, as being one of the missionary partners, one of the missionaries with the Apostle Paul in his missionary journeys. And that actually leads us to the next point about John Mark, as he's referred to by name by both the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. John Mark accompanied Barnabas and Paul on the first missionary journey. He would also later make more missionary journeys with Barnabas as well. Mark first comes onto the scene in Acts chapter 12, verse 12, identifying Mark by name. But Mark is, again, connected to both Paul and Peter. We've referenced the missionary journey experience and, and the role that John Mark played there. But his connection to Peter is also later described in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13, where the Apostle Peter describes his affinity for Mark, his, uh, his love for Mark, as someone who's been very valuable to him in his ministry and helpful at this time. A church historian by the name of Papias uh, stated how, in, in conversation with the disciple John, called Mark Peter's interpreter. And that leads us to more of the context here for the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark is Peter's eyewitness testimony. We're not quite sure when Mark became a follower of of Jesus. It isn't recorded for us in Scripture what he all saw himself. But the Gospel of Mark is filled with the eyewitness testimony of the disciple Peter. That's why Mark is often referred to as Peter's gospel. As Mark would recount and write down as the interpreter, the the scribe for Peter, he would recount Peter's eyewitness testimony of all the things that he heard and saw about Jesus as the Savior. This might be a good point to ask more of a a broad and, and generic question, why four gospels? Right As we focus on the Gospel of Mark, we know that there are four Gospels recorded for us in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John. 
Why four Gospels? One simple way of answering that is understanding that each one addresses a different audience. For example, with the Gospel of Matthew, that audience is intended to be towards a towards the Jewish people who knew and were waiting for the promised Messiah from the Old Testament, who knew their Old Testament well, who grew up in the synagogue. In fact, of all the books in the New Testament, the second the second one that to state this differently, the books that quote the Old Testament the most, Matthew is the second highest. So Matthew is filled with Old Testament quotations, Old Testament passages referring to how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament and was that promised Messiah. Mark's audience is a little different, and we'll talk about Mark's audience now. Mark translates all Aramaic expressions. He explains Hebrew customs. Essentially what this means is his readers didn't grow up in a synagogue. His was a Gentile audience. He uses numerous Latin words and expressions. And when we consider his background as being part of the early New Testament missionary team of traveling throughout the Gentile world, and proclaiming and watching uh, both Paul and Barnabas and then later himself being part of participating in the proclaiming of Jesus as the one true Savior. With that Gentile audience in mind, when we consider his background, we see his, his focus comes into play as far as who he is writing for. And when we take a look at Mark's purpose, as we think of that missional audience, the purpose of the Gospel of Mark is recorded very well just in the first verse alone. Mark's Gospel begins by saying, the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark wastes no time in telling the exact purpose of his writing and what everything is going to center on. In fact, the center of the book in chapter 8 is when Jesus is walking on the road with his disciples and the account is given of Jesus asking them, who do people say I am? And as the disciples give the answer of others, Jesus gets to the real point in question, what about you? Who do you say I am? And it's Peter who answers confidently, you are the Christ, the Son of God. So from the first verse to the center of the, of the book to the final chapter of the book, the second to last verse of the Gospel of Mark. Then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. So the purpose of Mark is, cl- is clear throughout his Gospel to show who Jesus is, the Son of God, and what he came to do to save sinners. Mark's gospel is the earliest recorded gospel, uh, dated at about 63 AD, and is also the shortest gospel of the four that are recorded for us, with 16 chapters. The characteristics of the book to keep in mind as we go through two chapters each week, there's just a, a few overall themes to keep in mind 
a couple of characteristics that we will see throughout our study of the Gospel of Mark. The first one is the urgency. Mark speaks with a lot of urgency. He uses the word immediately a lot. That word immediately occurs 59 times in the New Testament, 41 of them in the Gospel of Mark alone. You'll notice that Mark is always in a hurry. He's in a hurry to show you the next scene, the next big thing about Jesus. And, and secondly, the, the focus on action over words. This is sometimes referred to as the action gospel. And that makes a lot of sense when we understand Peter's background, right? He's more of a man of, of action than, than words. And so he describes in, in detail the different events of, of seeing the power of the Son of God on display, of identifying the Son of God through his power. And so we see many, many miracles, many displays of that power of Jesus. The third characteristic that we will see is the interactions of sinners with their Savior. As we go through this gospel, look and see how many times Mark introduces you to to a sinner, to someone who is cast out, someone who is beyond hope, and how that person is brought to Jesus, or you see the interaction with Jesus, and you see the compassionate Savior. You see a Savior who was drawn to help them in not only their earthly need, but to use that as an opportunity to point out their eternal need and how he has filled that for them too. When he asked the question, which is easier, to tell this person who hasn't been able to walk for a day in his life to to stand up, take his mat, and go home, or to tell him that his sins are forgiven, but so that you will know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. He uses the miracle to show his authority and power, power not only over earthly ailments but over eternal ones. We'll see in this gospel just how much he is in a hurry to show us the Savior's interaction with sinners and then to apply that into our own lives. We'll talk about that more tomorrow as we place ourselves and ponder placing ourselves in this gospel. This wraps up today's podcast. We invite you to join in next time and take the opportunity to share our podcast with someone in your life who could use some peace in the pastures. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at Christ Countryside Wells, W-E-L-S, at yahoo.com. Our podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministry of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. Music used with permission from Koine, part of their soundtrack to Oh That the Lord Would Guide My Ways. You can find their music on iTunes and many other online musical stores. Scripture used in this podcast is from the Evangelical Heritage Version, used with permission from the Wartburg Project. This is Pastor Daniel Lewig wishing you God's richest blessings on your day.